The Youthscape Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to a very strange edition of the Youthscape Podcast. Uh, we're recording this uh, in the aftermath of the wonderful National Youth Ministry Weekend. And, and I say we, um, actually I'm on my own. I, I don't know why I said we. That's a bit weird in and of itself. Um, I'm sitting here. Uh, it's Wednesday evening. No, it's not. I don't even know what day of the week it is. It's Tuesday evening. It's Tuesday evening. My wife is uh, is on a school trip. She's a teacher. She's off with um, with a load of seven and eight year olds in some other part of the country, and I'm here at home alone, processing what on earth just happened. I'm I'm sitting here drinking a bizarre beer as well. It's called He Brew. Genuinely, it's called He Brew. Uh, it's an Australian beer that is Jewish inspired. Um, so I, I don't know if that's apt or what, but as I, I see him record um, these ramblings for you, I'm, uh, I'm aware I'm, I'm very much talking to myself just to paint a picture for you. But I'm recording this in my living room and um, we don't have any curtains at all. So if anybody walks past the Saunders residence, they will see a man sitting in front of a laptop holding a strange beer, talking to himself as if he thinks he's some sort of radio presenter. Very odd. I'm also concerned that my 13-year-old is still awake upstairs and is, um, is listening to this and also having severe doubts about who on earth I am. So, uh, so look, I've got a couple of interesting segments for you um, coming up. Uh, we recorded a little bit, Chris Curtis, the CEO of Youthscape, and I recorded a little bit in the green room during National Youth Ministry Weekend. Um, so that'll give you our sort of live reaction, how we're feeling when we were so tired we could barely speak. So you can really look forward to that. Um, and then I've, I've just realised, just realised that the children's worker from my church, Charles Merritt, a former Youthscape podcast guest, is coming round in a bit and we're going to watch a movie together. And so I think what I'll do is after this, um, I will uh, uh, just raise your expectations for the for the final third of this podcast because um, because after you've heard from me and after you've heard from uh, from Chris and I um, rambling in the green room, Charles will be here and uh, and well I'll ask him for his reactions to the weekend as a delegate. Uh, but I just thought I would uh, recap a couple of things that happened over the weekend. Um, the National Youth Ministry Weekend in Birmingham. Uh, was amazing. It really was. It was the second one we've done. Um, I would say, you know, um, God moved in some quite incredible ways in lots of people's lives. My absolute highlight of the weekend was the way, was just standing and watching uh, ministry happening to literally hundreds of people. Um, I remember on Sunday morning as we were worshipping together and looking out over the room and, and almost everybody in that room was having a, a, a significant uh, moment with the Lord, whether that was um, just reflecting on what happened over the last couple of days, what they learned, how they've been challenged and inspired, or whether that was um, actually being prayed for and, and uh, receiving the power of the Spirit. Um, there was all sorts going on in the room, and, and that really was something wonderful about this weekend, seeing youth workers from every denomination, uh, every part of the UK, and a load of delegates from beyond it coming together and um, uh, sharing, engaging together, praying for each other, sharing ideas. Um, that was without a doubt the most beautiful thing about the weekend. 
And so, um, so yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a wonderful weekend. Uh, you did have to be there. I, I, I kind of presume that you wouldn't be listening to this unless you were there. Um, so if you're listening to the Eastgate podcast for the first time, off the back of me advertising it at the National Youth Ministry Weekend, I realise this is a pale shadow of what you can normally expect. You'd have uh, Rachel Gardner here next to me, probably speaking 70 to 80% of the time. Hi, Rachel. And, uh, and, and, and obviously there'd be lots more going on. Um, and uh, we'd even have a producer with us. I don't even have a producer w- with me. I could let the dog in. That would at least have another, another body in the room. Poppy, come in. Come on. I know you can't hear that, but she's, she's actually trotting in. That's the most obedient my dog has ever been. Hello. Yeah, this doesn't make for great audio, does it? So, um, so let me just um, run through a few personal highlights of the weekend. Um, you know, we had an amazing seminar uh, program going on. I, I heard lots of uh, great feedback on that. And I know lots of people got an opportunity to speak in that context for the first time. Um, I know also that um, we had some brilliant people on that seminar program, like Dr. Robert Beckford, who were, uh, you know, uh, amazing people who generously agreed to come and speak at the event. Could have easily been speaking on our main uh, stage. Matt Summerfield as well, um, Angie and Ash Barker, some absolutely brilliant contributors. Um, but the main sessions are kind of where I tend to focus. And, uh, and I know uh, the room was full every time, so I guess that's where you guys as delegates were focusing. Um, it was amazing to hear from uh, Amy or Ewing from the Ocker, uh, from Ravi Zacharias Ministries. I thought she was really challenging. What a wonderful Bible teacher she was. Uh, on Saturday morning, uh, Sanjay Rajo, who we had on the podcast uh, a little while ago, he was absolutely uh, brilliant, challenging us gently on, on what it means for a young person, the cost of following Jesus, you know, what it means for a young person um, from any background, but particularly from a South Asian uh, background, to decide to follow Jesus and asking us, were we prepared to support young people um, who are going to be risking everything um, to, to, to follow him? And then Kenda Creasy-Dean, um, I would say that's the best. I, I know, I know it's boring, but I love Kenda uh, deeply. And uh, someone tweeted, um, find someone who looks at you like Martin Saunders looks at Kenda Creasy-Dean. And I, I, you know, I don't know if that's appropriate or not, but I do. I love her deeply in a very appropriate way. And, uh, and I thought the way that she spoke uh, about the Parkland massacre and how she went there to be part of the church's re- response and how small that response was, um, was an incredible piece of communication and very challenging. And, uh, and actually, uh, you know, that line kept, kept resonating with me. She was talking about these social justice, um, these absolutely amazing social justice uh, pioneers, these young people who, um, who uh, she said, that they're amazing, but their God is too small. And I thought, wow, what an amazing reversal of that, that classic uh, challenge to Christians, your God is too small. You know, she was saying the same thing to these, these people who really have found a cause, but they don't realise that's also God's cause. They, these were young people who were standing up against um, America's terrible gun laws. And that challenge, their God is too small, I found really, um, really brilliant. I, I loved it. Um, and so then on Saturday night, we had um, Nikki Marfleet talking about courage and Tim Chaddick talking about worry. And it was, it was brilliant. Those were two sides of the theme of risk. 
And I just thought um, uh, Nikki's challenge uh, to get us to encourage each other's better, to, to saying that courage is something we can put onto each other, um, was was really prophetic and actually into a um, youth ministry culture, which is sometimes just a little bit too uh, heavy on the banter. I thought it was right on the money and a lot of people um, uh, really found that helpful too. And then Tim being incredibly vulnerable, but then challenging us to kill our worries with worship. I think he buys the right to say that kind of thing because he is someone himself who, who really struggles with chronic worry. And uh, he unpacked Jesus's words in the Sermon on the Mount about worry, uh, reminding us again that right in the middle of his most kind of important and powerful sermon, Jesus takes time out to talk about worry. I thought it was brilliant, um, absolutely brilliant, and was part of a wider program of, of stuff across the weekend that was helping youth workers think about their own emotional health. I know in the seminar program, Ali Campbell and Liz Edge did a brilliant seminar on that. I know there was someone else on our platform two stage talking into it. It seemed like a recurring theme. Um, so that seemed like a really important theme of the weekend. And then, of course, Sunday um, was just as amazing as Saturday. And um, we had some brilliant, uh, I don't want to boost Chris Curtis's ego too much, but a fantastic piece of Bible teaching. Have you ever noticed before that Mark places together um, the, the meal of death? Um, a Herod's banquet, um, right there with the feeding of the 5,000, the meal of life. I thought it was brilliant. Um, uh, uh, Bible unpacking. I can't remember that word for Bible unpacking now because it's it's late and I'm tired, but you know what I mean. There's a word for it, isn't there? If Rachel was here, she'd help me now. I know, I, I know what I mean. Silly old man. And then Tim Alford, uh, brilliantly, brilliantly um, challenging us to keep plodding, um, not in a derogatory sense, saying, you know, actually, um, sometimes risking everything is a long obedience in the same direction. That famous Eugene Peterson phrase um, I thought was absolutely wonderful. Uh, and a lot of people, uh, I think that was our most tweeted and quoted and Instagram talk of the entire weekend. And then just before my, um, in the last session, Mark Scandrett uh, closed us off with a very practical uh, kind of challenge to embrace risk. Um, it was really fantastic to have Michael Bournet, um, who is a rapper and a poet um, and a uh, just a, an incredible agitator from uh, from California, come and share with us. And I'd given him, I, I kind of organised the program for this thing, um, and so I'd given him the um, absolute carte blanche to, um, uh, to to say whatever he wanted to do and to do whatever he wanted to do. And my goodness, he did. And, uh, and he, he risked everything. He, he stood up there and um, it, was, it was an uncomfortable moment. It wasn't quite as uncomfortable as a few moment, moments earlier when they got me to floss on main stage. But, uh, but it was quite uncomfortable. And he called out the conference um, for being too white. And you know what? That, that was absolutely right to do. And as organisers of the event, we are going to now um, take some steps to make sure that the National Youth Ministry Weekend is more diverse and uh, and invites a much broader um, spectrum of people right across the church and uh, and not just the white church. And he was right. And and actually, um, I, I think that was a prophetic moment. It wasn't even the most controversial thing Micah said, um, because he then went on to to talk about the the depths of grace and how grace even extends to those people that we might see as the absolute vilest offender um, in society, he challenged us to love those people. He challenged us 
um, and, I, and I think wonderfully. And he got a standing ovation, I think, or at least one standing ovation, um, and uh, as did uh, the other person we're not allowed to talk about who spoke on Friday night, um, who Open Doors brought along, who was another incredible highlight for the weekend, who, who was a voice from outside. And actually we had some, we had a few voices across the weekend. That person, Sanjay, Micah, I think it was a real gift from God that as we'd, um, we'd set this weekend up with this theme, risk everything, that we didn't end up playing it safe and hearing our own voices resounding. So my goodness, I feel challenged out of this weekend. I organized the thing. I knew what was gonna be in the program and I feel massively challenged by it. So, so that's kind of my, for what it's worth, I presume about four of you are still listening, but for what it's worth, that's kind of my roundup of the weekend. There's a couple of bits of, um, of information that I wanna share um, and then we're gonna move on to um, uh, hear from Chris and I and then I think I'll probably just chat to Charles for a little bit as well if that's all right with you. So the first thing just to tell you about is t 2019. Um, we are growing the event um, and we're gonna take a wall out if you were there to make the, the main venue even bigger. And so we are, um, we're selling more tickets. Um, as I record this on Tuesday night, we've sold over a thousand tickets already and uh, we are very close to selling out, especially as we're keeping uh, a few tickets back for black and minority ethnic delegates. Um, so uh, yeah, if you wanna get in, uh, please do that right now as you're listening to this www.youthscape.co.uk slash NYMW. Um, that's uh, NYMW. And uh, yeah, you can get a ticket by putting down £25 refundable deposit. And the beauty of it is that if you uh, decide uh, by the 1st of April that you don't want one or more of those tickets, you can just get that £25 back. So it's no risk. It's risk, it's risk nothing um, in contrast to our theme this year. So um, be a part of the National Youth Ministry Weekend. And if things can't, think things change between now and April, um, then uh, then you can you can get your money back. Uh, the other thing to say is just that on um, Saturday evening, if you were at the event, you'll know that I talked um, briefly about Youthscape's plans to try to launch a summer festival in summer 2020. I didn't give a huge amount of detail because there isn't a huge amount of detail. And, and if we do manage to get some money together and get this thing off the ground, it will only happen through um, massive contribution from people like you uh, listening to this, youth workers, the people who've taken their young people to Soul Survivor over the years, youth leaders, um, people across the country who are invested in uh, a summer event for young people. Um, and so we haven't quite figured out what it's going to look like. We've been asked by Mike Pilavachi, and we've been asked by a couple of other people whether we'd consider doing it. And uh, although we were reluctant, we are going to have a go. So we're going to try and launch an event in August 2020. And um, I'm really excited about it. I feel like it's the right thing because we pursued, um, well, no, we ran away from God. You know, we, we absolutely uh, pursued the option of not doing this. We tried to say no. And uh, I spent a lot of time personally praying about this over the summer. I know others did. And we just felt like God was saying, no, I really want you to do this. So if that's, if that's the case, then I guess, you know, if that really is the case, then we are going to be launching an event in summer 2020. Um, and, uh, and, and details to follow. But a couple of things to tell you. There is um, a web address um, which you can read the statement which I wrote, uh, which I read out on uh, on, on Saturday night. Um, so that is uh, youthscape.co.uk slash, uh, I don't know what it is actually, 
I'm going to look it up now. Uscape.co.uk slash summer 2020. And you'll be able to read um, my uh, statement there. And also there's an email address there, uh, which is summer2020 at youthscape.co.uk. Um, and you can uh, share your ideas and thoughts about uh, like what we should do, what on earth we should do. The other thing to say is that we're going to have a week of prayer starting the week commencing the 14th of January. Um, so the 14th to 19th of January, we're going to ask youth workers from across the UK um, to pray for the summer of 2020. And that means praying for us, but it also means praying for others who are planning to launch events like uh, Elim, who are expanding their Limitless event, and uh, and the Vineyard Church, uh, who've already talked about uh, growing their Dreaming the Impossible event in the summer of 2020. So, um, uh, so please do pray for us, pray for them. Um, we're really excited about what God might do, but also we're holding it very lightly, as you know. So we're going to try and we're going to see. And if it's not right, we're going to step back in April. And that's when we're going to make our final decision. So you've probably heard enough from just me. If you've stayed the course to this point, thank you, because that helps me feel slightly less mad. Um, but I hope this has been useful. And uh, after I've seen you in a moment with, uh, with Chris Curtis, I'll see you again at the end with Charles, our delegate. Until then, goodbye. The Youthscape Podcast. Uh, right, I am. Uh, I'm in the nerve centre of the National Youth Ministry Weekend. It's Sunday morning. We're slightly demob happy as you've got one session left, and, uh, and I'm here with Chris Curtis, who's he's got a big smile. He's relaxed. He's done his talk. So you know, thank you. And, wow. and against all odds, no one died in it. <laughs> Well, several people were were injured, but uh, the hospital says they're going to be fine. Yeah. Okay. So, Chris, um, we we've been uh, on a bit of a journey through this theme this weekend of risk everything, and uh, and actually, I've never I've never been at an event where that where a theme has been so clearly borne out in all the sessions. It's been uh, uh, a very consistent thread of it seems God calling people to different kinds of, of risk. Um, and I think it's been a, an incredibly profound weekend. Um, what, what, as you kind of reflect back on it, and you're not allowed to talk about your own, your own <laughs> contribution, um, what's really jumped out to you and, and have you found particularly, uh, you know, uh, powerful this weekend? Well, do you know, I think actually the thing that sticks in my mind right now is, is, is not the program, which has been fantastic. It's just been, I've, I've heard so many challenging things so many amazing things it's it's been such a pleasure to to engage with all that but i feel like I, i'm surrounded by a bunch of youth workers who have been working a lot and hard on their own and and there is just this sense of people coming together and they're part of a bigger movement mm. and there's a sense of direction we're going to engage again with culture we're going to mm. do something worth doing mm. we're not walking away from young people mm. we're walking mm. towards them and i think i think that kind of stuff between the program that's what's holding it together people's yeah. energy and excitement and that feels really tangible to me yes i agree and i i think uh, it's been really powerful to see uh, the sort of the messiness of people 
coming together at the often at the ends of sessions to pray and minister to each other and you've got uh, you know Baptist youth workers and, and Catholic youth workers and uh, uh, guys from charismatic churches Pentecostal churches kind of just all smushed in together we've got yeah. British people Americans Germans Dutch Hungarians uh, they're just all beautifully uh, praying for each other and there has been a real sense of unity and encouragement about the weekend there's a wonderful thing just to pick one tiny uh, note out of the program uh, something that Nikki Marfleet said on, on Saturday evening about um, courage being something that we can place into each other that uh, that's what encouragement is to, to add courage um, to each other and I found it really profound and actually it is sometimes a bit of a culture of, of banter in youth ministry sometimes yeah. even you and I yeah. Chris sometimes we've been known occasionally we've might known. might make jokes to each other rather than display any sense of encouragement <laughs> and I feel like I feel like that's uh, that's a barbed comment. It is. We're in the speaker's lounge, by the way, so it might get a bit noisy at this point. But, um, uh, yeah, the, um, uh, the, the sense that maybe youth workers need to encourage each other uh, yeah. a little more was something that really seemed to yeah. resonate in the room. Yeah. So I expect lots of people to send me nice emails over next <laughs> week. And, and also I expect people to kind of look each other in the eye uh, and say, do you know what? Apart from all the jokes, I actually do uh, like, respect, care about, enjoy um, ministering alongside you. So that was a profound word for me. Gosh, there's been so much to take in as well. And I, I suspect, like a lot of people, uh, I'm, I'm going home just thinking I need to listen again to almost everything yeah. and just let it soak in because uh, I don't think, well, if I know I have not walked away from a session or a talk without feeling like God has spoken, I've learned, there's a new insight, there's a profound personal challenge, there's something I feel I need to do. Uh, everything that I've dropped in on or been part of has felt like that this weekend. And that, that's so exciting because, you know, we'll know, um, being on the other side of this, that we, we, we sort of work really hard on, on getting the program and the tone of this right. And we're a little bit anxious going in because we want it to work for people yeah. and we want people to, to get what they need out of it. And so it's so, so rewarding to walk around and see these smiles on people's faces and they're engaged. And, and yeah, I think already dare I say, the anticipation of 2019 is, is building. Yeah, it really is. Um, I, well, I'd say, on, you know, as somebody who tries to pull that program together, we do have that slight anxiety. And then what always happens, what always happens at these things, and has happened so clearly this year, uh, is that, that God is working in the background, uh, weaving the threads of this thing together so that when you get to a session like uh, Saturday evening, um, you're thinking, oh gosh, will what we've planned you know, be okay? It's just a ridiculous, it's a ridiculous thing yeah, to think because right. actually uh, you know, we, we trust God and every time he just he, he, he weaves this together, he's preparing, been preparing people for months. Uh, so the story of, uh, of Saturday night, which was a, a, real, it was a real thread on Saturday night about um, the need for courage in um, uh, in risking everything, and then and then also identifying that risk um, also can throw up worry and anxiety, and so um, so the session just beautifully journeyed through those things, and and, and I know Tim Chaddick, uh, who was doing the last uh, last talk there on on anxiety and worry, he um, he was woken in the night essentially just before you know the day before 
and realised he had to do a, a different talk. That is and so that is risk everything. At that, that is point. risk everything. Because in front of nearly a thousand people, you really want to prepare. So he completely rewrote yeah. his talk. Yeah, he was great. Um, but you had uh, you know these, these brilliant contributions. We had videos that had been commissioned, which just beautifully spoke into that theme. We had Michael Bournet, who's just an unbelievably gifted spoken word artist, who's just left the speakers' lounge. You know, sadly, yeah. we could have heard me saying that. Um, but <laughs> you know, he he spoke into it, and and just the pieces came together, and it was one of those one of those moments where you think God is speaking to His people, and actually, I've got no right to worry about it. Mm. I've got no right to feel anxious yeah. about how can well we, this is going to go. Can we replay this to ourselves? Yes, month by month as we plan. Yes, next I will not year. be feeling this in eleven months' time. <laughs> actually, just to make things a bit more nitty gritty and practical, I think. Um, this space has been so we're, we're in a we're in uh, the Vox Conference Center, um, and uh, I think I've realised over the years, space where you are, space does matter. Yeah, um, it changes how you feel about what's going on, and uh, I'm not going to pretend we're in some beautiful rolling countryside. We're in the centre of England. We're in Birmingham, um, but there is a large lake opposite us, and I took Man-made. a stroll. Yes. But I took a stroll around it and through the woods yesterday as I, as I was thinking about um, what I was going to say this morning. And, uh, and so you've got that sense in which there's this beautiful, huge conference center. There's, uh, you know, you walk out the door into, into Nando's. Well, in fact, you don't. You walk out into a queue for Nando's. Massive queues. Yeah. Uh, Sorry about that, youth workers. But, um, but yeah, I've, I have been really chuffed let me use that word about um, finding a space that feels high quality and is surrounded by places you can go and get rest because yeah. actually one of the things we said at the beginning of the weekend was you know don't come to everything yeah. go and see a movie have a meal with your youth team yeah walk around the lake man-made, man-made, man-made yeah, lake. yeah. <laughs> um, and and just sort of step back a little bit and I I think people have I hope people have done that because I, I think that's so much part of the weekend I think just the last thing really is it has been wonderful to look out and see the youth ministry family coming together from, uh, you know, across the denominations, across uh, national uh, boundaries. You know, it was actually the international youth ministry weekend because we had 50 delegates from overseas. Um, And uh, and it's just been brilliant to see that sense of unity and coming together. And I just, you know, your prayer for this sort of event is not just another Christian conference where we gathered some people together and said some nice stuff, sang some nice songs, and then went back to our lives. So there might be some things born out of this. And I think that idea of unity and togetherness is so, it's so desperately needed in youth ministry right now. We need to stand together um, as we as we uh, try to serve young people. We can't do it on our own. Um, we can't do it without God, but we can't do it without each other as well. And I think that's been a really key theme this weekend. Do you know, on the first night, within a space of a few minutes, I met a youth worker from Reading, and then a youth worker from Russia. Wow. Uh, at the same event together. And um, yeah, that, that's extraordinary. Someone has traveled all the way around the world. Um, and uh, uh, just, yeah, that sense that we are, we are working together. It's bigger than just me. It's bigger than even just my church and what I'm doing. There's something going on. And I think that's a sense I'm taking away from the weekend. Brusky everything. <laughs> you've, just, you've just made that up, haven't you, on the moment? Shrewd it. Youthscape podcast. So here is part three of this very strange and hastily arranged Youthscape podcast from the Saunders living room. 
Um, and as promised, I've been joined by a very special guest, not my dog this time. Uh, it's Charles Merritt. In many ways, like your dog. In many ways, like the puppy <laughs> who sometimes hangs around my ankles. Yes. Um, but uh, Charles is the children's minister at my church, uh, St. Mary's Rangate. So we are like partners in crime. We are. We're like Batman and Robin. Much like Batman and Robin. Or um, Laurel and Hardy. Mm. I mean, physically, quite like Laurel mm. and Hardy. Um, Wait, and what? so, uh, <laughs> so Charles has um, Charles has brought fish and chips because I couldn't go to the chippy. I couldn't go to the chippy because I'm home alone with the kids. I've basically rescued Martin from his midlife crisis. He has. So I've got, and I have to say, can we just describe the piece of fish that's on my plate? I'm not eating it yet. It's just sitting here. It's bigger than your head. It's it, and, and it is bigger than my head. And that's impressive, isn't it? I think it's a foot long. I think that piece of fish is a foot long. I'm going to take a picture of it. Okay. I'm going to take a picture of it now so that we can put it on Patreon or something. <laughs> Patreon extra. Wow. Right, there it is. Look. I need something. Can I Can I hold it up against your head? So yes. I sort of, no, no, that will break. I need we to put it up against something. I could put my something. head down next yeah, to it. Yeah, you put your head next to it. There right, we go. As long as, yeah, as long as my chips are There we go. I mean, we just we can set up the phone here. The dog's got in as well. Oh, look, now the dog, the dog just wants to cuddle you. Look, there we go. Look at the size of that piece of fish. There we go. Okay. Um, we'll put that on, I don't know, all our social media channels. I would think. That's the kind of high quality content you come to expect from Newscape. Mm. So, um, so Charles, there is a reason for this. Yes. I mean, you've come around because we're going to watch Captain America Civil War. Right. But uh, you also um, uh, were going to give me your, your highlights of the weekend mm. and particularly uh, your highlights as a children's worker sitting at the National Youth Ministry weekend. Yeah. So I would say one of my highlights, non-serious highlight, was you flossing. In yeah. Front of, yeah. yeah. In front yeah. of everyone, which was great and instantly shared to all our youth yeah. Um, so they got to see that too. I had some brilliant messages about that. None of them none of them encouraging. No. But it was good that the teenagers saw it. Yeah. Um, and then what else happened? Uh, the worship was incredible. Oh, yes. Um, throughout the weekend, I thought the worship was just spot on and really exciting. Like, um, just, just you wanted to worship. Yeah. Rather than told to worship. It, it yeah. genuinely came from a place of wanting to worship and to respond to the incredible teachings and messages that we were hearing over the weekend. Uh, I suppose I also, we, we, we were staying in a hotel that was 40 minutes away from the venue. Mm. So we accidentally arrived really early. Sorry about that. No, it's all right. It's, I did book that. It's totally your fault and I will forgive you as your Christian brother. Um, but as a friend, not really. Um, <laughs> but uh, so because we were 40 minutes away, we kind of left super stupidly early mm-hmm. in order to get on time the main meeting and because we had we arrived early so we had time to kill and we went to uh, Mark Scandrett's uh, ninefold path oh his 8am bible study yeah wow you went to that yeah by accident <laughs> it was the only thing that was available because everything okay. else was shut off okay. but Mark Scandrett I just want to point out that it was great and I'm really glad that we um, went okay. so much so we went the next morning we purposely mm. went so that we could hear it the next morning because it was just really good and I think actually it was quite exciting for me because it's nine weeks worth of material that you, you could go. use in groups. Um, and and you're going to work. So, so Mark Scandrett's developed this stuff around the Beatitudes, mm. around spiritual practices, spiritual experiments. Um, what's really exciting is that you, I heard you talking about this as something you'd run with children. 
Yeah, I'd like to run it with children. I'd like love to, that. I'd love to do it with kids because I think, I think this is what I've kind of taken away from the weekend and the whole theme of risk everything and kind of just seeing how many youth workers were in one place and actually a lot of the messages and things that were being talked about uh, were, were really relatable to it as a children's minister as well and actually uh, it kind of triggered something in my brain of, you know, like why isn't children ministry taken as seriously as um, other ministries? Mm. And actually I think, I think maybe there's maybe needs to be a little bit of a shift and uh, I'm a strong believer of teaching kids from a young age like the way to live life in a good way like yeah. to actually give them to make it less about like what stories we tell them like Joseph or Noah but actually saying why Noah is important or why Joseph Joseph went through a lot of suffering and, and yeah. relating it to their lives so starting lifestyle discipleship yeah. much because, earlier yeah because they go through life they, they still experience life as much as our youth do and actually, how great would it be for you to inherit a load of year sevens in September mm. who already know the fundamentals, who already know like the basic yeah. steps of yeah. faith without having to go back on it and relearning it and reteaching it because they mm. don't understand it. But actually being able to put into place those beatitudes and understanding that it's okay to be sad and it's, it's okay to mourn and it's, um, it's okay to be anxious, but God's going to get God's, God's going to comfort you through that. And I think you're on the edge of something very deep there. I am, Anto. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> you just push me off. Yes, you are. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so, so you you love the main sessions. You told me. Mm, I did. Um, so, what uh, what particularly had to push you <laughs> in the weekend? What What are the moments that are your absolute highlights? I think having. Someone from North Korea talking to us was really exciting. Obviously, not allowed to talk about that. I, not allowed to talk about it. No, at all. No, I mean we can probably say that much. I say that we, we had a North Korean Christian. Yeah, speaking. I wasn't going to say the name. No, that's fine. Her name was <laughs> redacted. Yes, redacted. Great name, by the way. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really powerful um, to hear that, and it just reminds you, doesn't it? I think sometimes we take our faith for granted, and the freedom that we have in our faith. And sometimes I think we feel trapped in our faith or we can't talk about our faith in this country. Um, and yet actually we have way more freedom than other places. And I thought that was really powerful. And, you know, and the fact that she's gone through so much suffering and seen so much mm. and has had to rely on God so much more, I think is a real challenge to us who yeah. don't necessarily need to rely on God as much yeah. um, in terms of money or comfort or security and stuff like that. Actually, yeah. we've got quite a lot and sh- surely our faith should be so much more in in sense, yeah. Um, without that worry, and I think worrying in general as well. Um, come Tim Tim Chadwick, yeah, Tim Chattic, talked yeah. about um, worrying and not worrying, and I think just the overall theme of taking risks was just great. It was really exciting, and challenging, and I came away excited about what to do next, rather than kind of daunted. What? So here's a tough thing because I I sort of worry that we we put on great Christian conferences. Mm. I mean, that's not what we, incidentally, that's not what we do for a living. <laughs> it just happens to have been a great Christian conference. But, but we, you know, we go to these events. They're really great. We make all these kind of pronouncements before God and each other that things are going to be different. Yeah, I'm going to risk everything, Lord. How does that then impact the day-to-day, yeah. you know, over the next week, month, year? What changes... Because you went to the National Youth Ministry Weekend in 2018, what changes in your ministry? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a generic question. It's a sort of rhetorical question for all of us, isn't it? But for you, have you any idea um, 
what's what's going to look a bit different because you came away. Yeah. So I got back to my desk on Monday morning and it was a tip and mm-hmm. and the registers for that weekend uh, for the for the Sunday groups which I went wasn't there for and um, had all been kind of messed up which was really frustrating and I felt like I wanted to cry because I was like I I've just been away for one week and everything's yeah. gone wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and but then I was like I was determined not to let it get to me because of the weekend. And I was like, do you know what? It's not their fault. Like, actually, it's challenged me to, to train our leaders a lot more and to really get into them and, and to help them understand. And also challenge the leadership of our church mm-hmm. and to kind of step up to that and actually look at how we, you, how we uh, treat our children and youth teams and actually... Um, not just taking them for granted. We're, we're, our church is, we're very lucky to have a church centre on the other side of the road, which all our children's and youth groups happen in. And what's quite tempting is there's the, a physical divide with a road in the middle. And it sometimes feels like we're two churches. And actually, um, it's made me even more passionate to take risks and to speak out about how actually our children and youth are just as much as a main part of our congregation as the adults are. Yeah. Now, last thing. Um, you, you and I were talking uh, yesterday about uh, how you you felt like children's ministry mm. sort of gets seen as a second-class citizen yeah. compared to youth ministry, which in itself is at the bottom of a long pecking order yeah. of prestige positions within church. So you have pastor, you know, assistant pastor who's training for the big job. You have your, you might, I mean, this is in a big church potentially, but you, you might have worship people. Um, flower arranging people, <laughs> minibus driver. Then you get down to youth worker. Mm. That's me. Yeah. And then and then you were saying you feel like there's then another tier down. Yeah. In, in terms of how children's ministers are are perceived. So, yeah. just do you want to say anything about that? And what what do you yeah what what are you inspired to do differently? Yeah, I suppose it's what I was saying earlier. Like I think I think there's been a long time of. Children are children. They're not as advanced as teenagers. They're not thinking properly at that point. And also that you could have someone from your congregation do it voluntarily or kind of someone who's not really that impassioned. Maybe an ex-primary school. Parents on a rotor. Parents on a rotor or an ex-primary school teacher doing your Sunday schools. Like that's that's the image. I think if you close your eyes and thought of a a Sunday school, you'd think of uh, someone from the older generation kind of teaching about Joseph um, and they're all colouring in the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Yeah. And actually not really looking at the story properly and not actually reading into what we need to take from that story. And like this whole day, the whole idea of, you know, that uh, that people in the Bible didn't live their lives so that we could tell their story. Mm-hmm. They lived their lives because they love God and they wanted to do the best for God. Yeah. And actually, shouldn't we be doing the same? Like, we shouldn't be living our lives so that people could tell our stories or to listen to the stories. Mm. We should be living our lives to actually live them for God. We should be listening to those stories, sure, but actually listening to them with a view to live our lives like that. Yeah. And so you're, you're really advocating a shift in the way that we see children's ministry from storytelling and, and, and childcare yes. to you know, early onset youth work. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's it. And and not knocking storytelling because storytelling is a huge part of it. It's like a yeah. huge chunk yeah, yeah, of yeah. it. And it's in the huge ch- chunk of the church, really. But I think it's 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 the way we tell these stories. Well, we're telling the stories to illustrate a, 
a lifestyle yes. point starting rather with, than yeah. to, to uh, illustrate the craft activity you're yeah, about yeah. to do. So starting, starting with the point, what do we want our kids to come away with this week? Mm. What do we want them to know about their lives? What God has to say about their lives? What do we want to know? And starting with that, rather than going, what is the story we want to tell them this week? Yeah. And then working. What craft activity could we do? Yes, absolutely. So I feel, I feel really excited that, that having been inspired as a, as a youth worker, you also feel really inspired by it to take some risks as a, mm. as a children's worker. And I, I genuinely hope, I presume if you're listening to this, you came to the event. Um, and, and if not, um, then please, please do book your ticket quickly for next year. Um, but if you came along, I hope you're also feeling that little kind of sense of, um, of prodding, a sense of a holy prodding. Yeah. To, um, to like take some risks, um, shake some stuff up, to look at the things that's, that get taken for granted in your church, like this, you know, we were talking about pecking order and we were talking about how children's ministry maybe is always traditionally been run. Um, you know, what are the things that maybe you're being called to take some risks on? Um, and I'd love to hear some testimonies. I'd love you to, to get in touch with us, podcast at youthscape.co.uk, um, with how you've taken some risks. I think probably that's enough prattling for us. Also, yeah. I'm aware that my gigantic piece of fish is going cold. It Even is. at that size, it can't retain heat. No. The dog is also like, have you noticed a couple of times she's thought about taking a bite? She has. She's been very good so far. Um, but I think we've probably um, come to the end mm. of a very a very strange edition of the Youth Get Podcast. We're back every week. Normally, Rachel Gardner is here instead Woo! of Charles. So, but Charles is a Rachel Gardner super fan, so that's Huge okay. fan. Rachel, if you and, listen to Hi. Oh, wow, we just did. We just do a shout out to Rachel yeah, Gardner. We just did do a shout out to Rachel Get Podcast. We do do shout outs. Yeah. Um, so if you'd like one of those, um, then then keep listening. Um, but until then, until next time, um, that's it from me and not Rachel Gardner from Charles Merritt. Yeah, um, we'll see you very soon. You've got Charles Merritt is actually an actor, and he's going to do this advert in one take. <clears throat> Has the National Youth Ministry Weekend spoken to you? Has it prodded you to take risks? Risk in everything? Well, if it has, then why don't you buy the USB of all the talks and main meetings from this weekend? With more information, here's Martin Saunders. Yes, because you don't know. I don't do know you? any you know details. No. The details are, you can get it from Essential Christian. They have a website which you can Google. That's all we have. You are an up to two million you know? Yeah. <laughs>